In this week's Parsha, we read about the dramatic revelation, the moment Yosef finally reveals his identity to his brothers. The Chafetz Chaim explains, the brothers had many questions. They were troubled by the fact that they had to endure years of hardship. The famine, the incarceration of their brothers, Shimon and Benyamin, being accused of theft and espionage. Then, as soon as Yosef revealed himself and he said, Ani Yosef, Hashem's master plan became clear and conspicuous to the brothers. And in their minds, it all fell into place. All their questions, all their suspicions, all their doubts, now it all made perfect sense. Everything that transpired for the last 22 years fell into proper perspective. Says the Chafetz Chaim, Likewise, people go through life with so many questions. Why do the righteous suffer? Why do the wicked prosper? Why if I do everything right, does everything turn out so wrong? Why do I have to endure so much anguish and suffering? Says the Chafetz Chaim, When Mashiach comes, Hashem will say two words, Ani Hashem, and everything will be revealed. It will all make perfect sense. All the darkness, all the concealment will be lifted from us. And we will then be able to understand that everything that occurred throughout our lives had to happen in that precise manner. This reminds me of a beautiful idea from Reb Schwab on his commentary on Krishna. The Torah tells us in this week's parasha, when Yaakov Avinu sees his beloved son Yosef for the first time after 22 years, he doesn't immediately greet him. Rather, he first recites Kriya Shema. And this is very bizarre. Couldn't Yaakov embrace Yosef first and then say Kriya Shema? What was Yaakov's thought process over here? Sir Shrab says something fascinating. One of the highlights of Kriya Shema is when we say Bechal Avavcha We declare, I'm prepared to give my life for the sake of Hashem. For 22 years, Yaakov Avinu was extremely miserable and depressed. He was grieving for his favorite son. He sat in mourning. He was literally sitting in sackcloth. Every time he said Kriya Shema and he said those words, and proclaimed, I'm willing to sacrifice my life for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, those words rang hollow. It didn't mean much because his life wasn't worth much. It wasn't a very exciting life he was living. He was willing to sacrifice an inferior and deficient life because that's the life he was living at the time. Then came the day when he met Yosef. And finally, he again had a life that was complete, a life that was sweet and beautiful, a life worth living. And Yaakov said, Right now, even before I greet my son, I will say Krishma. Now I should declare, Now I'm willing to sacrifice my life when life is most meaningful, a vibrant life. A life worthy of sacrifice. L'shem Hashem. What a beautiful thought from Rav Schwab. When a person is experiencing great challenges and hardships, every day is a struggle. Just getting out of bed in the morning and facing the day is difficult. When they say Kriya Shema and declare Bechal Avavcha, those words seem so empty, so implausible, because such a life is virtually meaningless. However, if you have the proper perspective and understand that one day Hashem will declare Ani Hashem and everything that happened to you, even the difficulties, even what you perceived as bad was ultimately for your benefit, then even now, amidst the troubles and the darkness, you will experience great inner peace and contentment. In 2011, the New York Times set out to find the happiest person in America. They contacted Gallup, a firm known for its research polls to conduct the survey. 
Gallup assigned a certain percentage to each quality that they deemed would contribute to the perfect profile. They surmised that the happiest person should fit the following criteria. That person had to be male, tall but not too tall, wealthy but not too wealthy, older but not too old, religious, a business owner, Asian American, married with children, and lives in Hawaii. Armed with this information, the search began. After a few months, they found their man. He's Asian American, male, 65 years old, six feet tall, a resident of Hawaii. He's married with children, religious, owns a business, and he earns $120,000 a year. His name, Alvin Wong. The New York Times contacted him. They told him, Alvin, from now on, you will forever have the title of the happiest person in America. Why is this anecdote important to us? Because Alvin Wong, originally from China, is a religious Jew. From all the different criteria that Gallup was looking for to find the ultimate happiness, the statistical category that carried the most weight was religion. What's even more astonishing, observant Jews scored the highest on the poll to determine happiness and satisfaction. Not that we need confirmation from the secular world, but the idea is, life is full of trials and tribulations. But if we believe that whatever we endure is ultimately for our benefit, then we will constantly live a life of fulfillment and satisfaction. And now, we know. Have a wonderful Shabbos.